Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. We got ourselves an OTA wrap-up episode with some, some good meat out of it, to be honest. We got Carter Coffin, inside linebacker, some other stuff. Um, Justin, one, how come it keeps uh, notifying that meetings are being recorded on Zoom? It hasn't. It, it didn't usually do that. It did it to me twice today. And then two, what's, it, it feels like an like early... Talking Giants on YouTube episode because you're back. You look very dim, and your background is, is kind of mm-hmm. weird. What's going on? Yeah. So w- whenever whenever I have a new background, it means that my main computer is broken. So um, if you ever wondered what my living room looks like, this is what my living room looks like, and I'm going to try my best to not move my big ass head because then there's an eclipse. So well, right now technically there's an eclipse right now because of the moon, my big ass head is covering the sun. Um, Bobby Skinner, hello. Yes, Zoom is being weird. I think it did an update, so that's that. And um, a lot of other, a lot of other mini things happening. So Daniel Jones is twenty fourth birthday. Brandon Jacobs is coming back as a defensive end ben McAdoo in the National Dallas. Football League. Th- think he can do it. Ben McAdoo, um, Benny with the good hair is coming back. Is going to Dallas with uh, Mike McCarthy. Jason Garrett with the backwards cap. He is trying to rejuvenate himself, similar to Ben McAdoo with the hair. Let's see if this works out. So even with the big storylines, there's a lot of other smaller storylines. Happy birthday, Daniel Jones. Happy birthday, Devontae Booker, and happy birthday, Dan Schneier. It's Dan Schneier's birthday, too? It is, yes. It's his birthday uh, on Thursday, so yesterday. Oh, okay. Okay, so I oh, I guess, yeah, people are listening to it. And funny enough, Daniel Jones' first pass of the day was to Devontae Booker. How about a couple birthday boys? There you go. I think they did that on purpose. I bet you they did. I bet you that. That's good coaching. Yeah. That's Joe Judge. Um, there actually is some good meat. Um, we got the offensive line alignment where, you know, last yeah. year we were – we were left in the dark basically until until you know a week into training camp even like the first day of training camp we didn't really have have an idea um so i, I guess we can just get into it and if we have time at the Let's, end i'm i'm, I, I'm, I'm in a, like a I'm, a I'm in like a like just bs and type of mood you know like i i honestly usually i'm very like let's get to the freaking point quick i feel like just doing a simple man radio episode right now but let's get into the the meat and tomatoes and let's start with not the biggest thing, but an important thing, the offensive line. We have an alignment. We we all kind of guessed that it was going to be, you know, Matt paired over Nate Solder would be, you know, the assumed starter. And we, me and you both thought they'd keep Shane Lemieux at left guard, keep him next to Andrew Thomas, and then put Will Hernandez out at right guard. And that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. And, Justin, that's, that is what I wanted. Um you know, you let the second-year player stay at the position that he played all of his career at college at Oregon. You know, he played there all last year in the NFL. Him and Andrew Thomas had good chemistry as a run blocker. Um, so so I, I like I like that Shane Lemieux at left guard. And then on the opposite side, Matt Parrott is a big question mark. You know, he's an unknown. How good is he going to be? You put the vet next to him, and you you know, you know have the NFL vet be like, hey, you're going to switch positions. We're going to make it a little easier for the young guy, give him his shot to be comfortable 
and you you got to play into this new role of Will Hernandez. Yeah, and even it's a good little combo of, you know, Will Hernandez is probably a little bit better of a pass blocker than he is a run blocker, so it's nice that he gets to go over there and he gets to help out Matt Parrott, who's a little bit stronger of a run blocker than he is pass blocker, so they can kind of play off of each other. And then Andrew Thomas, you know, while you can say that both of their main strengths, Andrew Thomas and Shane LeMahieu, um, both of their biggest strengths are in their run blocking, but they I have think that LeMahieu's chemistry. And th- strength is, he's just a contact hitter. Yeah, but I mean, but ultimately, why they work well joke. together? Why the, no? You said Sean no, LeMahieu. What did I? St- I said I didn't say Sean. I said Shane. You said, you're get you're LeMahieu. You're getting all tied up on the wrong part. You said LeMahieu, like DJ LeMahieu. Oh crap! Oh, I got. I you're got like, I said Shane. Uh, no, no. <laughs> um, and I no, had a great I, joke, I, I and think it just land. It just fell flat. No, but I think you're catching my drift. I mean, you have the right side, and they can kind of complement each other well. Um, and then the left side, ultimately, with uh, Shane Lemieux. LeMahieu, thank you. Shane Lemieux. Um, I think they can really maul guys together in the run game, and then hopefully they can build off the chemistry that they kind of had last year, and Lemieux can just inevitably improve as a pass blocker, which I do think, by the way, I think there's whether it happens during training camp or whether it kind of happens stemming into the season, I really do think Zach Fulton is going to get kind of a, a pretty good shot to kind of start a guard this year. So That would be interesting. I do believe they are invested in the youth movement, especially, you know, I almost just called him Mayhew Lemieux. Um, Sorry. Which, by the way, because because of like the whole Lemieux Hernandez thing last year, like it was like more. It's like I just don't get why he's playing instead of Will Hernandez. I am excited for Lemieux to grow. You know, like he was he shouldn't have been thrown into there year one, and and we knew those were going to be a struggle. It doesn't mean he's automatically going to get better at him. But Sh- Shane Lemieux is going to be better. Like he's a hard. He seems like he's a hard worker. Like he's a smart dude, diligent. Like I expect him to be a better player. You know, and, and I remember when we talked to Rich Soiber, he talked about like a rookie game where he gave up two sacks in a row. You know, like Shane Lemieux never like have that. So I I expect Shane Lemieux to get better. I'm I'm excited to see how he grows from year one to year two at a position where you should get better from year one to year two. Yeah, and there's a value too in I think offensive linemen just being together, right? Um, whether it's off the field, whether it's on the field, and they're practicing, they're working out with each other. And when's the last time that we had an offensive line unit that we viewed as somewhat of a respectable unit that was pretty much consistent in terms of the guys that were on the team the previous year and they practiced together the previous year and let alone remember 2020 was just a limited year in general. When was the last time that we had a kind of a respectable unit that we're sort of confident in that they're with each other one year and now they're with each other kind of the next year, right? I, I, I feel like it's been quite a while where it's not like we're looking at you know maybe Jalapio was here for a couple years but still we look we always kind of looked at that center spot as like yeeks yikes so I think this is good for these guys you know especially considering now 2021 this will kind of be a normal offseason it is kind of a weird dynamic you mentioned Fulton that you have this young young offensive line I mean you got three second year players Nick Gates his essentially his second year starting and then Will Hernandez who's like the vet of the group and all of the experience behind them. Jonathan Harrison started a lot of games in the NFL. Zach Fulton has started for like eight years in the NFL. Nate Soldier started for you know ten years in the NFL. They that's kind of got to be a weird like dynamic for those guys on who are on the bench and it's like these young guns are taking the reps over us. And they, I mean, yeah, all of those guys 
besides Harrison, he was on the practice squad for the Bills last year. But like Fulton and Solder have been have started every single game of their NFL career for the last ten years essentially, and now they're just on the bench with you know not world beaters ahead of him. Yeah, got to invest in the young guys though. Excited for this offensive line, especially the left side. You know, I looked up some stats today and um, some of the stats that I looked up, and and at the end of the day, this kind of these numbers that football outsiders kind of breaks down it doesn't really matter a ton because it when i when i talk about like directional running it's mainly like are you running up the middle the left or the right side or are you running like outside zone there's really no like middle way i think they need to get better in their in that measurement but the giant when they ran the ball last year the giants ran past the left tackle and the left end 15 percent of the time and then the right side, they ran 22% past the right tackle and the right end. Now, Bobby, I think inevitably NFL teams are just going to be a little bit more biased to running towards the right side because I think that's just the NFL. It's so weird. It is something that every team just runs to the right more. Even if, like, last year, Andrew Thomas and Shane Lemieux were clearly better run blockers than Kevin Zeitler and Cam Fleming. And it's just, yeah. it's just such a, it's, it's a weird thing about the NFL. I, I don't understand it. Yeah, so even if, even if, you know those numbers this year we look back and you know like I said this is mainly outside zone which the Giants were number one not good at outside zone last year number two didn't really couldn't really run it a lot when Saquon Barkley was was gone and also I don't think that's a bad thing to to look at this offensive line and say this offensive line really isn't an outside zone scheme fit you know for this football team right now I don't I don't think that's a bad thing to say but I'm hoping when we look at this year and we when we look at the numbers in terms of the trends of where the Giants are running the ball I hope it's a little bit more favored to the left side than it was in 2020 because those guys they're they're effective they move dudes I really think this offense can be kind of special um when we're running the ball to the left side the way Thomas and Lemieux move guys together on double teams or whatever it's something that Giants offensive line hasn't seen in a while you know, yeah. like they, I mean, those guys just move dudes and it's fun to watch. Um, so, so interesting. So we don't have to have, we don't have to spend the rest of the summer, you know, where is Will Hernandez going to play Like, and, and never get a real answer from anybody. So we, we I mean, I, w- I also wouldn't be surprised if they switched. You think really, I would be, I would be blown away if at this, what, what would be the point of switching them? Will Hernandez has played his entire career at left guard, so Shane and Lemieux. Shane Lemieux, and Sh- and then Shane Lemieux was young, and he- and he can easily get comfortable in another position if they ask him to get comfortable. Lemieux did. And it's also he who- started every game in Oregon for four years at left guard, though. I, Sh- Will Hernandez has more of a track record in the NFL starting at left guard, so I, I I hear what you're saying. I but knowing knowing the Giants, and you know even even thinking of some of the storylines that we have for this episode, like. We we didn't think that Efedi Odenegbo would would really be an edge rusher. We, you know, we maybe thought that he can get some reps, but literally day one, here he is, and he's number forty four, which is a linebacker number. Um, and then also Carter Coughlin. You know, we, we've we've been asked like in YouTube comments, and people. So shout out to these YouTube comments. People have asked, "Oh, do you think Carter Coughlin go inside?" And then both of us are like, "No, he's kind of just an edge. He's kind of just an edge rusher. That's kind of what he's good at. Don't change it." And then lo and behold, day one, here he is. So the Giants have done things, and well, not even Giants, but Joe Judge has done things that kind of have surprised us, and at times has made us scratch our heads. But it's worth it. I mean, the Giants, what they have this off season that they didn't have last off season is they have the luxury of time. They have the luxury of time to throw guys around, um, and even before they really get into all pads, and in, you know, in, at the end of July and in August, they have the luxury of time just to see how these guys look in shorts. So, yeah, let's talk about Carter Coffin. You brought him up. 
Um, have we been shutting down the Carter Coffin and inside linebacker idea? I don't think we've been like, they need to do it, but have we been shutting it down? I think we've been asked about it, and we, we've we been dismissive. I don't want to say that we've shut, we've shut it down like mean, but we've been pretty, I, at least I've been pretty dismissive of it. Well, Carter Coughlin's at inside linebacker. It doesn't mean he's going to, you know, he's now the same, you know, p- position as Blake Martinez, but he is practicing with the inside linebackers, which I really do like. Justin, I, I, I love that that's what they're doing with Carter Coffin, who is a versatile player who can drop back into coverage. You know, on, on passing downs in 2020, he uh, he rushed the passer 71% of the time, dropped back into coverage 29%. And you saw them play around with him a little more towards the end of the season. You know, that Seahawks game, I know me and you both went and watched that this afternoon, where they were lining him up on the in the A-gap in that game. And he wasn't like a, he wasn't necessarily playing off ball, but he was at a, at a, in a position where an inside linebacker, where Blake Martinez or Tay Crowder would line up. Um, yeah, and, and Bobby, with that Seahawks game, Carter Coughlin, you know, this is according to Pro Football Reference, Carter Coughlin had two quarterback hits in his rookie year. One of those quarterback hits came against Seattle, and it was when he was lining up in, in the A-gap, and I don't want to say he ran a I don't want to say he ran a stunt, you know, maybe you know the 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 term better than I do. But basically, he was patient. You know, he lined up in the A gap. You know, he he played around, played around the the, pat, the pass rush, and the pocket went one way. He went around the offensive line the other way, and he laid a pretty good hit on Russell Wilson that forced an incompletion. So, you know, his one of his two QB hits came from lining up in that interior linebacker spot and rushing the passer from that spot. So, um, also one of the biggest like, and this is not even one of I think the biggest strength of Carter Coughlin's rookie season was the fact that he was very, very patient to let a play develop so he's in the best spot to make a play on the ball. You know, where he's not a guy like Tay Crowder who's going to play incredibly fast and maybe he's going to miss a play. You know, Ryan Conley got that same little, maybe little critique from his rookie year, but we like that. But Carter Coughlin has always been, you know, he was a guy in 2020 that really showed the patience um, to let a play develop, set the edge, get good separation, and then make a play on the ball from there. So that's why I think he can work at interior linebacker. You know, even though he has a lot of talented, you know, uh, traits for the edge spot, that's why I think he can work at interior linebacker because he is patient and he can still make a play on the football and he has, like, good and, eyes. And you don't have to take away those edge reps, you know. You yeah. can use him as that Kyle Van Noy role. You know, we know he's, you know, what what did we call him? What did I – or – what did we call him when he came out? We're like, ah, oh, he's kind of like a poor man's Zach Bond, and that's something we talked about Zach Bond and yeah. playing that Kyle Van Noy role of playing off, the the off ball linebacker term that I'm putting in quotes. Yeah, off ball and like a versatile type player. You know, like last year they had to put David Mayo at, at some edge reps, and even Tay Crowder, who I like a lot, like he just that's not where he fits best. Tay Crowder is an off ball linebacker where Coughlin can uh, do both. So I'm excited to see him in, you know, what would possibly be a Kyle Van Noy role. And then also, it's just, we talked about it the other day, how this edge group is just, it's a crowded room. It's not loaded, but it's a crowded room. And now Fedio Odenegbo's in there. And then the inside linebacker's the, the exact opposite. It's thin. You know, where we're sitting there doing, we did a segment on Kale Garrett, how thin this inside linebacker room is. So yeah. when you think about it, Martinez and Crowder are locks. Raglan, um... It was an interesting case. Um, you know, it, I'm not. I liked Raglan's film. I'm not sold that he's gonna be the guy that buys into everything. You know, um, but let's just lock him in as the third. We got no ties to anybody at four. It's Devontae Downs and Kale Garrett. And now, 
I mean, I'd put Carter Coffin, that's someone they invested a draft pick in, someone who has ability. Pick, like, let Carter Coffin be that role. You're like, he's not going to be worse than Devontae Downs, at least we hope not. Yeah, and Carter Coffin, um, you know, hit, people were saying after we drafted him, and I think this is really the the kind of the draft heads, scout heads, whatever you want to call them, you know, all this, his skills translate into being an off-ball linebacker. So people were saying that. Now, I think we disagreed with it just because of the production that he put up at edge and kind of you watch the film and it's like, this guy's a really good pass rusher. So him lining up at interior linebacker the first day the media is is granted access to OTAs, that I think really what it's doing is it's in, it's increasing his chances to make the roster and what like you said, what is already a crowded edge room. But Bobby, what I'm also, while we're talking about this, what I'm curious about is Cam Brown. Now, I know Cam Brown is is kind of likely to make the final 53 just because of how many special team snaps he saw last year. But Cam Brown in college actually was an interior linebacker. Like in that, in like that Penn State, that weird Penn State system that, you know, doesn't really allow anybody to put up major insane numbers unless your name's Micah Parsons, right? Yeah. You know, he was technically like an interior inside linebacker in that system, and then he kind of went to being an edge rusher because he's long, because he's lanky um, as a rookie last year. So I'm wondering, you know, why not try him an interior linebacker if that's since he already has experience of that at Penn State, or do they not really just care about Cam Brown as a defensive player because they know that he's just more valuable as special teams? I would rather pick Carter there. Cam Brown, as while well, Texas off ball, it was more like, you know, we saw Dominique Ross do the same thing at UNC where it's like because of the way the college offenses are where he's like he's kind of like split out sometimes, sometimes on the line, sometimes off. Um, and I think me and you both just like Carter Coughlin more than Cam Brown in general. Where and, yeah, he's a better football yeah, player. Cam yeah, Brown, Cam Brown's longer athletic. You can see him like growing into – like Cam Brown I view as a project as a defensive player where Carter Coughlin's like, no, he's got real skills that will translate right away. May not have the biggest ceiling because of size. Um, where Cam Brown is like, I think I view him more as a project. So I, I think they're just like, hey, he's got some length. He could maybe turn into a good edge rusher, um, you know, one day. But for right now, he's just like he's like I think he's second or third for special team snaps. So I do think Cam and Cam Brown wasn't wasn't there either. So that you know maybe they did oh, and, and we don't that know. Is true. So, but I I, yeah. I do see him staying out at the at the edge spot. I I wouldn't be surprised if he gets cut. I know they value special teams a lot, but. We can talk about it in a second with Efedio and Negbo. Um, it's it's just such a crowded room. It's just like there's yeah. so like as much as like one you like someone may make a defense for Cam Brown right now. Well, it's like okay, well let's talk about the five six other guys that you know you can make maybe a better argument for. Yep. Um, also, can you read the DraftKings ad? Yes, I can, Bobby Skinner. It's an interesting time of the year in sports. In particular, in basketball, it's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with the chance to turn $5 into 200 That's 40 to 1 odds on any basketball game. All you have to do is pick any team that is still in the hunt for the trophy, and if the team that wins, you will receive $200 in free credits. That's right. Pick any team that is still in contention. Bet $5, and if that team wins, you cash $200 in free credits. Then that's play Friday night. Or Thursday night. Nets and Knicks play Friday night. Or tonight oh, wow, that's when you're gonna listening be a fun this, night. I guess. That's gonna, oh, Friday night's going to be a fun night. All it takes to claim these 40-to-1 odds on the basketball team you're choosing is placing a $5 bet on that team 
and it and that team to also win. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds on promotions on base, baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. It's safe, secure, reliable. You can deposit withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JUMBOY when you sign up to turn $5 into $200 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if they do, you claim $200 in free credits. That's promo code JUMBOY for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out. In-site credits. Restrictions apply. See can't see. DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, one 800 9 with it the patreon crowd just saw me freaking just pop nine pills so this next the rest of the show is going to be interesting that was your vitamins it was my vitamins can you guess which vitamins i i i harper harper indigestion no i do fish oil flaxseed oil cinnamon which is just good for uh digestion i guess vitamin d even though i don't need it i get enough sun b12 yeah you do and then apple cider vinegar pills. I don't like taking the shot. This sh- I-, I can do the apple vinegar shot, but it's like just that bottle being there. Just if you have a bottle of apple cider vinegar in your house, right? It gets like that, like little like like that ring around it. It's, I don't know. It's weird. So that's that's what I that's what I do. I just heard people going up my stairs for the first time ever. Drives me up the freaking walls. Um. And I just you all right? I, you got you got Ajita? No, the apple cider vinegar. It just makes you a little burpy for a second. All right, you got a little Ajita. All right, uh, Afedi. Uh, Afedi uh, I'm gonna. Uh, so th- so this is my first m- major point. And tell me if I'm reading into this too much. So the numbers for defensive linemen are 50 to 79, and 90 to 99. The numbers for linebackers are 1 to 59 and 90 to 99. Afedi Odenegbo is wearing number 44 for this season. You know, as of right now. Most likely, that's probably not going to change. 44 takeover. Number four, number four which that kind of does hurt me, Marcus Golden. So, I mean, hey, if he has a Marcus Golden next season, won't be complaining. So, he he isn't, he's a linebacker. I wouldn't read into the numbers since the number rule has changed anyways. But he's an edge pressure, which, you know... I was I really didn't think that was going to happen, I, you know, because he did play that four three DM. But I was like, I was like, he's more, he's more of a defensive tackle than he has a stand up edge, you know, because he they would line him up at th- at you know over the guard and even sometimes over the center, um, you know, his sack versus Daniel Jones in twenty nineteen, he was lined up over the center, which was his first sack of his career, uh, and he was like a true four three. I I just didn't see it happening to him standing up, but this is a guy they like, and this, you know, I talked about the edge um, grouping. You know the most intriguing camp battle because there's so many guys and there's really no one has a clear cut favorite. That like this is this is an interesting group and a Fedi Odenegbo who's had ten and a half sacks the last couple of years. You can argue that he had the best production out of anybody that's out there is playing that same spot as those guys. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how this this position rolls out. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. Because they like to use their guys situationally. So, Bobby, I mean, is does he stand out more as a run? No, he's a better pass rusher than he is a run defender, right? Yeah. Like, very yeah, much he's so. not a great run defender. He's like a situational, like, you know, I kind of viewed it on film, and I talked to some, like, Vikings people, and they're like, yeah, he's kind of a, a situational pass rusher. Situational pass rusher. 
you know, we already kind of view Ellerson Smith in that role, Aziz in that role. Aziz, I wouldn't I mean, put Ellerson in that role right away. I would put Ellerson in project year one. Oh, Shane Zimenez is definitely in that role where he's a better, you know, the, I feel like the Giants value him more as a pass rusher. I mean, we even saw that to start 2020. Um, yeah, this is this is tough. This is tough. I I would have rather him this again him him getting a line. I could be reading into this too much, but him getting a linebacker number, you know, it, it means that maybe he's a linebacker on paper, but he could be taking more reps with his hands on the ground. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the I, day, they're his coach. He's working with the outside linebackers, and his coach is you know it's Kevin Schur. Like he's working with the outside, not Kevin Schur. He's he his work like he is an outside linebacker as of today. I think he has a better shot of making it as a really good interior defense alignment and just being being a better version of BJ Hill than as an edge rusher. That room is already crowded, anyways. You got you got uh, Leo and 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 Dex. Danny Shelton's a lock. You know they just paid Austin Johnson three mil. Um, BJ Hill, they like BJ Hill. Um, like that's five guys be right better. there. I think I think he could be better because I mean I, th- I think Danny Shelton and Austin Johnson play. Kind of a similar role where Those it's like, tackles. okay, you guys, you guys, yeah, you guys are going to be run defenders. Like, you guys are just going to be clogs up the middle, right? So, those are two guys where that doesn't really relate to a Fetty Odenegbo. So, then you have Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams as the, as the clear cut number two. You know, we, I want, I, I do want a snap increase of Leonard Williams to about 80% this year. Um, Dexter Lawrence is probably going to get the same, like 60 to 64, 65% of the snaps. I can envision a world where Fetty Odenegbo is a better number three interior defensive line option than B.J. Hill. I can see that happening. But if they really like B.J. Hill and they do want to give him more snaps, then you're kind of, I, I think it, I think this is throwing a, a good value signing to the Wolves at by putting a putting him at edge rusher. Fetty, that is. I, I just I don't think he's gonna be Marcus Golden. You know what I'm saying? Like I do think you'll see his hand in the dirt at times and, and let him lined up out there, you know, because he doesn't have any he doesn't have any coverage experience. I think he had like two coverage snaps um, for Minnesota last season. Um, yeah, when you you and research Rick, I think found like, him. You psychopaths. Yeah, the, he, like he has no he has no coverage ability, so he's not like the the you know the quote unquote uh, you know scheme fit. Um, so I don't think it's going to be like what we came to know as like Kyler Fackrell, Lorenzo Carter, Carter Coughlin as last year. But I don't see them lining him up on the inside too much. Even though Gettleman did say that he can line up on the inside too. But anyway, I I don't think there's going to be like a, a set. This is your this is what you are stand up pass rusher or you know hand in the dirt type of thing. Because at the same yeah. time as you talking about the BJ Hill thing, like he's not a great run defender, and they value that with those three guys in the like those guys in the middle. They value that to let their other guys get back in coverage. Yeah, that is true. Um, so it's, it's interesting. I mean, I'm not a big, I'm not huge on, on a Fetty. I think he's a pretty good player. I don't think he's like, I would pit Lord if, so now he's at edge. Let's go through the edge group right now. Lorenzo Carter, who supposedly looks really good right now, which is pretty interesting. Lorenzo Carter, Aziz Ojulari. I would hope that those guys would be a, above a Fetty. And then honestly, he might be third in line with Ocean, you know, like who, who, I don't think Ellerson is third in line right now. Oshane Zimenez, I, I don't know. Like, can you, do you put Oshane over Fetty? I don't. I don't. I don't think the Giants' coaching staff views it like that. Even if you personally do, I don't think the Giants' coaching staff does. Um, and then you have Ryan Anderson and Cam Brown, who's like, I don't think we're worried about any of those guys taking defensive snaps. 
Yeah, now that we named the names, I mean, it's just a matter of do you do you view him ahead of O'Shane? And also, are are we? I'm kind of surprised that they're moving Lorenzo Carter along so quick. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's he's coming back strong, contract year, ready ready to roll. Yeah, I mean, that's where the reports were is that he was like going around like full speed and stuff. There's some other stuff. I mean, Lorenzo Carter, he's a. Uh, he was looking good before he got hurt, but then he got freaking hurt. Oh, very much. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, so somebody somebody's bound to get hurt out of that edge room. So I'm th- I, I was my next question to you was literally going to be: Do we view? A, would you be shocked if Fedio Denegbo is is cut? Are I would you, be. Shocked, are you shocked? Yeah. I would be shocked too. Because but... Ryan Anderson is not better than him. Cam Brown is not better than him, and. I think if it came down to him and O'Shane Zimenez on the chopping block, I think they would they would they would get rid of O'Shane. He's not, wow. you know, he wasn't drafted by you know Joe Judge and Patrick Graham. He doesn't drop back in the coverage, um, and I mean, they 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 brought in a Fetty. I don't think either, I think both of them make it. I mean, Carter Aziz Odenegbo, O'Shane Ellerson. That's five, and then to, Cam Brown is may... six. I think Carter Coffin moving the inside linebacker makes it. Like they kept six last year, and with also with four inside guys. So you have, I mean, I feel good about that. We got Lorenzo Carter, Aziz Ojinari, uh Odin Egbo, O'Shane, Ellerson, Cam Brown. That's six, and then your four inside linebackers: Blake, Tay Crowder, uh, Raglan, and and Carter Coughlin. The the odd man out becomes Ryan Anderson. We may have to do an an, an earlier than expected fifty three man. Not not like on the pod. Oh, we are going to do I one on the as, pod. We did one last year. No, no, but an earlier than ex, like an earlier than expected exercise. Because I have a feeling that we're going to be we're going to be do, we've already done this. We've already done this conversation with the edge room like twice. We we need to <laughs> we need to have like a full fledged reflection exercise where we like make a fifty three man roster okay, let's, and then let's schedule make right these now. make these decisions. Let's schedule next week. It. We have. Oh, we're going to do it on the pod. Okay, we'll do it on the pod. Next week we have mini camps, so we'll talk about that for the Friday episode. We have an interview. We haven't recorded it, but scheduled on Tuesday. We're kind of relaxing Memorial Day type interview. So let's do it um, June 8th week. Last year we did last year we did 53-man roster production and uh, 2021 free agency early look. So maybe we could do the same thing again. We ain't signing anybody big and free agency next no, year. No, but it's fun to look at. Um, and you never know. You would have said the same thing probably going into this year. That is true. Um, so yeah, that's we'll June 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 eighth. We'll probably have our fifty three man roster episode out. How about that? How about that? And then we're then we usually do another one anyway, right? Right, right before the cuts are made. No, we just do tweets. Ah, tweets. Got it. We maybe talk about you know. Well, this, this year we have tr- we have preseason games, which I can't. Preseason recap episodes are a lot of fun. I mean, you just get there's like you have all the players to talk. You get to talk about all the players. It's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um. And we went undefeated in the last preseason, which was it just was fun, and we won on a game win in the fourth one too. I mean, it was a fun preseason. Do Daniel we Jones, do Mania. we record? So like you know, typically preseason games happen. Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday. If it's on a Thursday night, we will record on Thursday night. If it's on a Friday or Saturday, we'll record Sunday night. All right, good because I I don't know if the days have been announced yet. No, they haven't. We we won't put out weekend episodes for the preseason games. No, we don't. 
No, because I because two of the because two of the preseason games are home, and I'm going to go to two of them. Yeah. So, which if they're on Thursday, we record afterwards. Um, if they're not, we'd... you're gonna you're gonna force me to pay attention. Now it's different when I'm home, and it's obviously different when I can go back and I can watch the game tape. But if the Jets and the Giants are playing Thursday night, which well, is the most important preseason game, I guess I could. No work. No work over the summer. This will be your work over the summer. Um, so that that'll be exciting. We're gonna talk. Let's we'll talk about training camp a little bit later in the episode. I guess we talked about Lorenzo Carter. Yeah, look good, cool. Um, Question mark. Did we talk about cigarettes? No, not yet. Oh, well, let's talk about some freaking cigarettes because I'm so damn tired of these freaking cigarettes. <sighs> Well, guess what, guys? Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. They don't suck like cigarettes. Researchers researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created nicotine gum for, uh, with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy also has, I forgot to freaking write down the pronunciation. Lozenge. I think we've pronounced it four different With ways. Four milligram, four, four different, different ways, four milligrams of nicotine and cherry ice, mint, and citrus flavors. Each and every flavor actually tastes great. And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be any enjoyed anywhere, on flights, um, at work, on the go, or even... The, I mean, think about all the things you can't do on a flight, and you can do this. Like, what's something you can't do on a flight? You can't yell bomb on a plane. Nope, I was about to say, because you, you like to play the bomb game, and you can't do that necessarily. No, I have done it, but I never got quiet, like, louder than, like, the bomb. Um, we were going to the Cayman Islands when we did that. When we were, like, 18 years old, so it's it's okay. Anything you do at 18, it's, it's you know, doesn't get held against you, even though that's just not true. Um, so, um, if you don't want to die from cigarettes like Justin's dog and my dog... And I, I'm sure a lot of your other your guys' dogs out there too. I, I saw a dog smoking today, and I wanted to go slap it out of his mouth. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or Los Angeles. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Talking Giants listeners, go to lucy.co. And use promo code Giants to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code Giants at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use the promo code Giants. It's Justin out here trying to kill dogs. My dog is alive and well. You liar. Um, Does not smoke. My grandmother would never allow my dog to smoke. Did your grandma smoke? She used to, back in the day. Everyone kind of smoked back in the day. Every, everyone. This, this I, generation I'm is honestly jealous. this like Kids don't smoke cigarettes anymore. Now, I know some of them vape. Like, but even that is like, like when I was in high school, we all smoked cigarettes. Like It was like every single one of us smoked cigarettes. And... Now it's like kids just don't smoke cigarettes anymore, and it's and I'm a, and, cla- and, I'm a classy individual. And, and shame, like shame, has been worked where it's like you know shame, like shame your friends that don't have, that smoke cigarettes. Um, I'm a classy individual, and I smoke cigars. Yeah, it's just wasting your time. 
Um, and money. It's really expensive. Um, Bobby. I have to get the ones from the gas station. I I tried a cigar from the gas station once. I thought I was gonna. One of the guys hack. I worked with, he would smoke cigarellos. Excuse me. He would smoke cigarellos. Don't know what that is. Um, it's what people. Giant stories. Should we do giant stories, or we should talk about how Galladay, John Ross, and Kadarius Tony aren't there? No, I want uh, I. What what is what is there to say with that? I mean, you know, Galladay has been throwing with um, Jones, and Ryan Dunleavy pulled a whole temper tantrum fit on social media today about Kadarius Tony not being there. Yeah, he got mad at our guys at Clapback today. He did. Yeah. Um, here's what I'll say: there could be a bunch of legitimate reasons why they're not there. But if they're not, if their reasons are simply that they just don't want to go. That sucks for guys that need, you know, a wide receiver spot where you need the game chemistry with your QB. And I know they have worked together. Tony hasn't worked with Jones, I don't think. But every little bit matters. If they're just not going because they're not going, that sucks. Like, honestly, if Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, like, if the reasons they're not there is just because, like, they're like, hey, we, we kind of want to work out on our own instead of doing that. Like, that's fine. The DBs, like, they very clearly, it's like, hey, we're working in Tampa. We're working on stuff. We'll be there for mandatory minicamp. Logan Ryan even, like, admitted that. In an article, I can't remember if it was a, a Zach, uh, Zach Rosenblatt or a Dan Duggan um, article, but one of those guys. They, they they did the whole they did the whole uh, public relations tour about what they're doing and how they're yeah, working. They said together, they'd be there is, for mandatory cool. minicamp. They won't be there for the OTAs. But if those receivers are just there because they would they don't feel like they would rather do their things on their own, that kind of that sucks. Because it matters, like Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, they they don't really gain anything from being going through these drills at OTAs. You know, they know the system. Is it bad? Is it bad that I that I'm just going to say it's a wide receiver thing? Because it seems like they're if if there are divas of a football team, it's them. Yeah, it just would it would suck that in that position. You need chemistry. You need to get 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 chemistry down. Um, you know, your first time to really. Get, let the fans see your quarterback throw to you, and we don't get it. Well, I mean, it, in, all, in all fairness. If they're not there at mandatory minicamp, I'll throw a fit. If they're there, yeah, I'll that, forget that they weren't here yes. this week. Yes, that that's the main that's the main thing. We we will hopefully hopefully see you next week at mandatory minicamp versus, the you know, the last day of OTAs, voluntary OTAs that the media was allowed access to. Um, you know, I'm not – I'm not flipping it. We saw, we saw Tony at the rookie camp, so you know they got a chance to see him. And you know, frankly, I, I'm o, I'm okay with the uh, with no Tony storylines with the the shoes and whatnot. I, that that bothered so clearly that bothered me over, over how much I've been talking about the Kadarius Tony no shoes situation. That even though even though like if you were to ask me honestly, I said that that didn't bother me clearly because of how much I'm talking about it. It bothered. You're me. just intrigued by it. I am intrigued by it. Um, I got to think for feet maybe. That's weird. Maybe. I said maybe. Um, feet are kind of like gross. But anyways, um, let's do giant stories. You get pedic- you, you get pedicures? Never. I'm gonna I'm gonna become that person. I mean, I I wouldn't be against it. I'm just not gonna like if someone buys it for me. I'll do it. I'm not gonna spend money on it. I'm gonna. I'm I have gonna good feet. feet by the way. I take care of my feet. Can we see? I'm actually wearing flip flops. Screw it. Screw it. And I just clipped my toenails yesterday. So. 
Oopsie. Good feet. Oh, those are great Good feet. feet. Say something. Good feet. They've been, get, they've been getting feet. a lot of work, man. I've been playing a lot of basketball lately. I've been exercising every morning. I'm going to be skinny for training camp. Good or just you. not freaking huge. Um, that's my goal. We got two months to get ready for training camp. Which, by the way, fans are going to be at training camp. I'm so freaking excited. We're going to be there. We're yes. going to be there. That is so exciting that they're going to have fans at training camp. Um, we will be there, and we will see you guys, and we'll we'll be freaking pumped, and we'll have fun, and we'll shoot off guns in the air. It'll be a grand old time. Eh, metaphorical guns. No, I'm I'm first thing I do when I get to New Jersey, I'm buying a gun and I'm shooting it off in the air. For those about to rock, um, fire. Yeah. So, no, I probably won't shoot the gun in the air. I, what I would love to do. My brother shoots my his gun too. into like the ground at his house. Oh, when great. there's like fireworks um, going off. <laughs> my my dream for this training camp. Uh, I I have a lot of ideas that we could do, even just outside of training camp and, and stuff that we can do. But I would love to film and record some PPPs. Get a table, record some shows, and maybe not a show, but record a PP some PPPs. Bang some out. Like in front of where you can have like MetLife Stadium in the background. That's like my dream. I think we'll try and do an episode like that. PPPs, I, I don't know if we'll do that for that. I th- I'm Why thinking not? about getting an RV. Renting an RV for it. Hmm. I might be like, you know, it's the cheap it's it's a cheaper way. And it's like we could do like we can literally just park it outside this like uh you know, outside of the you know, the Quest Diagnostic Center and like have guests on like, you know, like hey, you know, Dan Duggan, come on the RV. Come on the RV. So, we'll see. Uh, so, I, I'm very excited for that. We're going to have a guest on Tuesday, and we'll probably talk more about ideas on, on, on it. Yes. Um, all right, Giant Stories. Giant Play stories. the freaking music. Very slow this week because the guys were at OTAs, but Ellerson Smith was at an art museum. Dexter Lawrence was on a boat. I think he's hanging out with Leonard Williams. Nick Gates was at the Padres game, but now he's at OTAs. Cam Brown and Tay Crowder were at the Nets game. Reggie Ragland was on some type of vacation in South America, it looks like, uh, from Context Clues. He never really dropped the location, but I'm, I'm using Context Clues. Chad Slade was at a Birmingham Barons game. Wow. Carter Coughlin was at a slam poetry event. Lorenzo Carter went to a New York Liberty game, and Nico Lelis went to a Yankee game. The, the guys are in New York, and they're going to get they're going to sporting events. Is, is that's what Giant Stories is? Giant Stories with OTAs is a much boring, more boring segment than it was last year. I mean, it's just games. They all went to games. Ellison Smith went to an art museum. Dexter Lawrence. I mean, there's nothing interesting besides Reggie Ragland. Did you see twenty? No, there, I mean, there's Carter. What Carter Coffin did is extremely interesting. Um, did you ever see Twenty Two Jump Street? Yeah, I don't remember it as much as I remember Twenty One Jump Street. Slam poetry, yelling, using my hands. I don't remember that part. Cynth- Cynthia, there's a. There's we a should crash a slam poetry when I'm up there for training camp. I'll write a freaking you know, badass you, poem too. 
even though you think the East Coast is super hipster and stuff like that, I've never. You just got to find a coffee a shop that does it. We can, we can. E- that's probably a lie. We can easily find, even though it's not my cup of tea. We can probably easily find a slam poetry thing going on. Once we get to a thousand reviews, me and you will do stand up comedy. No, I thought you were gonna shave my head. Your head's basically shaved already. I well, I I I want it to be shaved. Um. Yeah, maybe we'll do some stand up comedy. I got some stand up comedy stuff I could probably do. I'm bad at that stuff though. I'm better. I'm better at reacting than telling a story. I'm an I'm an entertainer. I think I could. I think I could put together. A, put together a little bit of a little bit of a skit. Seventy five percent of people don't find me funny though. I, f- I find myself. I think I'm the funniest person I know. No, I know I am the funniest person I know. So that's the key to being funny is not thinking you're funny. I guess that's true. Like, I used to think I was super funny, and then I was like, you know what? I'm not as funny as I thought I was. I was just loud. Um, That's a good quote. Tweeted at us. What else do we have to the talk Giants about? The Giants hired Steve Price as a pro personnel manager. He spent the last three years with the Texans as a scout. Eight years before that, mm-hmm. the Vikings as a scout, and then six months as an intern with the Panthers. No crossover with Gavin. I, I There's no information on the guy besides just that. I mean, I literally had to go to the guy's LinkedIn to find that information out. I LinkedIn has a lot of informa- useful information. You know what my LinkedIn says? And I know it pisses people off. It says something funky. St- what stunting. Does it say? Stunting at John Boy Media. <laughs> yep. Not not content creator. No. Not, not pro- no. Stunting. <laughs> I love that stuff, dude. You know me. I can't take things that are supposed to be serious seriously. I wonder, does it have anything else on it? Let me look it up right now. I get all these LinkedIn emails and I never look at it. Full capacity at a MetLife Stadium. I mean, we, we kind of knew that was going to happen, but it's official now. <laughs> this is Bobby Skinner's stunt. Jumbo Media. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's I'm cool. I, I, didn't, I didn't. We weren't for sure it was going to be full capacity. I was pretty sure. I was pretty sure. Um, Melbourne, Florida, United States. I mean, it's really does, John Boy Media stunt in full time. I changed it, it. It did say content creator, and I changed it to stunt. Because it got it, too too many people started to use the content creator tag, so you had to you had to change it. I have it. fifteen connections. They are Tom Fye. Who is Tom Fye? Actually, I think he's a, he's a listener Tom? of ours. He's a Patreon. That's who it is. Oh no! Oh yes, 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 yes. Christopher exactly Han. Han. I think he used to work for John Boy Media. Nicholas Veros. I don't know who that is. He's you're. Are we are we doxing people? He's a shared connection with you. I have Justin Panic as a shared connection. No, it's LinkedIn. Do you know who Nicholas Rose is? is? Oh, I thought you said Chris Rose. No, Chris Rose probably wouldn't. Have. Imagine being Jake Storielli in his connected. little suit and thing. It says partner, content creator, and business operations at John Boy Media. Boring. So Kyle Condor. I know him. Spencer. I don't even know who these people. Spencer Shanman. Publish publisher partnership sponsor specialist. I don't know who that is. Big Baby David. Bill. Zach Espedito, Matthew Goldstein, that guy's such a hard worker. Uh, Lance Meadow is one. <laughs> That's funny. Did you seriously connect with Lance Meadow? Yeah, on that dude. Thing? It's been. You know what? Last time I tried the prank call, Lance, he didn't an Like they wanted, an, they want to pick up my call. Lauren Russell, Justin Bennett, know. Michael Memison, Pat, Pat Regazzo. Congratulations, Pat Regazzo. His uh, he's now being yes. force illustrated. But congrats, Pat. Does this mean Pat Regazzo will not help us as much with certain things? I mean, 
I don't know, but I'm happy for him because he works his ass off. I'm very happy he works for his Pat. Ass off I'm very happy for Pat. So good, good for Pat. Lance, we need to. I need to. Maybe I should prank call Big Blue Kickoff Live tomorrow. What time yeah. does it start at? Is it at 11 or noon? It's usually, it's usually at 11. I mean, it could be different because tomorrow's like a little bit of a holiday day. Oh, they said. Happy Memorial Day weekend. So one of our listeners gave us a shout out on Big Blue Kickoff Live, which thank you very much. Oh, this is interesting. I got so, because I went and listened. I was like, okay, I want to hear what he said. I got so pissed off at Lance Meadows' freaking opinion. His opinion was so bad. And I hate to trash the guy, but it's, he was saying like, hey, we need to open up the vertical game more. You know, we, you know, he was, he was referencing our podcast with Dan, Dan Schneier. And he's like, well, it's not that the Giants didn't do it. It's just when they do do it, it didn't work. It's like you like oh, yeah? every, you know you know that pass to you know against Philly like you know Evan Ing- they did it but Evan Ingram dropped it and I was like my yeah, gosh I love, dude I love is how that, that's the, the most easily dispelled thing in the world you can literally look at the rate that we did at one and then on the other end saying we didn't do it well Daniel Jones had the best QB rating in the league as a deep pass and not even best QB rating best analytics like beyond basic stats of CPOE completion you know expected completion percentage. Over whatever. I don't know. I screwed it up. CPOEX <laughs> or something like that. Like, it's the most easily dispelled thing. And it's like, dude, you, you, you just, you, you, you just, you just shut down anybody that challenges you. That's, that, that's, that's the Lance Meadow way. I shouldn't be yeah, saying how the Giants. Podcast, but it was such an annoying take. It was. Well, no, well, no. I mean, it, that he was wrong. Like, that was, that was wrong. Like, it, it's not even like his opinion was was off base or whatever. No, like that, that stat, the stat that he literally said of the Giants, oh, you know, they did it. Everything was wrong. They didn't do it often, but it did work the times that they did do it. And I love how the the Giants account literally said the other day, it's like, oh yeah, next gen stats. They wrote this article about most fit. Now also the Giants account, they, the way that they phrased it, and I think Giants fans are going to start saying Daniel Jones is the best deep ball passer in the National Football League. Let's pump the brakes on that. He was the most efficient deep ball passer. He was not the best deep ball passer, which I would like to finish the 2021 season saying that Daniel Jones, not only was he efficient, but he also was extremely productive when it comes to throwing the deep ball. He was not the best. He was just the most efficient. So The best. No, I'm just kidding. Um... So yeah, I mean, that was just frustrating. So, I don't know if I can get away with prank calling them anymore, though. Maybe you should just say it's Bobby Skinner from Talking Giants. No, that's not fun. Hey, you know you were wrong when you said no. This but, see, that's, though, right? just, like, that's the Giants, just being mean. Like I wouldn't do that. The Giants account literally came out with this. Maybe like I don't know about two days after you said that they didn't do this, they literally came out and said the opposite. If they had me on, I would say like you're wrong about that. But I'm not going to call in and be like, actually, you're like, I'm just not doing that. Actually, um, well, actually, people. I are called some into of my them for real people. one time, and it was to ask them about Mark McLaurin. How about that? Because Arch Sibleson wrote about Mark McLaurin. Um, and the the other time was a really a great call when I was like, you know, I respect Paul a little more than the other two, and just set them off, which is funny because it's kind of the op- like I like Lance and, and I like Smeuk a lot. Um, Lance, I I, I kind of like Lance. He's not my favorite person, but I like him. And then Paul Dettino is just a, he's just he's just done. Like he needs to retire. <laughs> um, look at us just spilling the freaking beans right now. 
Um, that's what you get on a summer podcast where we're at 51 minutes. All right, so we had some leftover voicemails from our mailbag episode. We're not going to play them sure. all, but maybe we'll 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 do them over the next um you know, a couple of weeks when we got some time. So we got to we got to start it off with everyone's favorite Talking Giants voicemail caller. Hey guys, this is Gordy from Oneonta, New York. I'm at the bridge with the stream underneath listening. Uh, I'm wondering if a giant fanatic can think of this year, the coming year, as win-win. In other words, if we win, then that'll be win. But if it's a lousy season and we lose, well, at least we get rid of the uh, Gettleman and I guess we get rid of Jones too. Um, but at least we're starting, at least we can start anew and feel like it's sort of a win. Well, maybe not. Who knows? Anyway, I'm trying to think positive thoughts. I really want them to win and I want Jones to, to do it. All right. You guys are great. Thanks. Bye. And he I, left a, I love him so he left much. A follow-up uh, voicemail too. <laughs> Hi, it's Gordy again. Forget my last question. If we win this year, it's going to be win. If we lose this year, it's going to suck. <laughs> but you guys keep doing your podcast so that after we lose a game or whatever, I can at least laugh or feel better or whatever so keep up the good work thank you i love the thought process of gordy because like he's trying to be positive which we try to be too he's like you know if we lose you know we you know it'd be kind of okay because then you know we will start afresh at qb and get you know we'll have a new gm and then he calls back he's like you know what actually losing will suck like it's gonna suck and i i agree um you know, where it's like, yeah, you can say that, like starting afresh with GM and QB, but guess what? The heat will come down on Joe, like, Joe Judge, you know, people won't be happy with Joe Judge anymore. They'll say he sucks. You know, like, oh, wow, we overrated the, you know. Like, if the Giants don't win this year, people will be calling for Joe Judge's head. You can pretend that you, it's not happening right now, but if, if that happens, it's, um, it will happen, so. But Gordy, it was great to, it was great to hear from him. Oh. I haven't heard, uh, heard from him in a long time. No, and I'm and I'm happy to hear that, you know, Gordy feels confident enough to say that he's sitting on a bridge without having to clarify that he's not going to jump off of it. Because um, the first time that one one of the first times that he called, and Bobby, Bobby, you have in the instructions when you leave a voicemail, you have to say where you are, you know, not like just where you're from, but like what you are doing currently. And one of the first times that we implemented that, Gordy's like, "Yeah, I'm on a bridge." <laughs> but Gordy is the and king. I didn't tell at... Justin that because Justin's like, "Why is everyone no. telling us like if they're in their car or like in their bedroom?" And somebody was like, "I'm, I'm in my mom. I'm in my mom's house." It, was, it got very weird and specific. But Gordy is also the king of the callback, and that doesn't always work. But he is the king of I'm gonna leave a message and say something the first time, but then whatever he calls back and he says the second time. It is just perfect, and it complements the first. I mean, he was one, a star so. from his first, like that bridge thing was that was that that made him a talking giant star. It was like him sitting on the bridge yes. and then him calling back and like, hey, I just want to let you know that I'm like, because he said he was depressed too because like the Giants had lost. 
Like he had called back. He's like, I just want to let you know, I'm, I'm not going to kill myself. Like that was, you know, I'm, I'm depressed about the Giants' loss, and I'm just hanging out on the bridge. It's those, you know, it's, it's not like that type of thing. Two things. I would pay Gordy money for me to sit on a beach and let him just speak to me. Very soothing voice. Number two, I kind of want to put him in the Talking Giants Ring of Honor. Because he's that good. Here's the issue, he's that electric. I've thought about doing that with listeners, but there's so many, like, there's so many of our listeners. And I thought about doing a Talking Giants Listener of the Year thing that people will get left out, and I wouldn't want to leave people out. Gordy's not, but here's here's the thing, and here's the thing with sports radio, even though this isn't, like, this is kind of like sports recorded radio. When you're a voicemail caller, you are part of the show. You're not just a listener. That's my case. But there's other people who are part of the show when they make memes and put stickers places and they, you know, they, you know, tweet jokes at people and, and like, so, you know, it's more than just being like on the show live, like, like, you know, Mr. Brownstone is a part of our show. You know, Glock Roach is like, there, there's so many I could name that are are part of our show that I, I couldn't do it because I know people would feel left out. That is true. You know, so, um. But I love you, Gordy. Know that. Please know that. Please. Believe that. All right, that's a show. We don't need to drag it out for any longer. Um, what basketball game is going on right now? I didn't even look. ESPN. ESPN. I've been playing basketball every day, dude. I told you. I'm I'm getting skinny for training camp. Do it. I've been eating beautiful. I've been eating great. Oh, Bucks are destroying the heat. This series is over. Boring. I can't stand these 10 o'clock games. It's so freaking annoying. All right, that's an episode. We'll be back Tuesday on your post, post-Memorial post Day episode. Be a, 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 it should be a good episode. We haven't recorded yet, so I can't make any promises. But we think it'll be good. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Tuesday. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Have some fun. Go to the beach. Play a little basketball. Watch a little basketball. But until then, let's go Big Blue.